Hi, I'm Callie. I'm Clarissa. And I'm Isha. And we're Best Buds. Hi guys, and welcome back to yet another episode in which we just rant endlessly about a single topic. And today's topic of choice is uh, career, because all three of us have been going through many crises about that recently, and we just wanted to have like a little ranting therapy session about it, you know, and we were talking about how it's funny how like all the other podcasts that we listen to are giving advice on like how to find a career and stuff. But, you know, we're also going through the process with you guys because, you know, it'd be rough like that. I think it's important to show the process, though. Like, it's a different perspective since clearly there's a process to finding what you like um, from what we've experienced. And it's not just a sudden realization, um, which is like how I think a lot of podcasts, you know, uh, present this because like they're already in a point where they have had their career chosen. Uh, Plus, this is a podcast on growth. Sorry, we've been slacking on the plant puns. (laughs) So it's definitely part of the developing college experience. So this is a topic we'll have to revisit in the future when we're more decided, but it's nice to record our thoughts now. Let's come back in like 10 years and then see where we got from here. If we got anywhere. <laughs> um, so to start off, I've been thinking a lot about like the predetermined safe path versus the less conventional and riskier path. And by that, I mean business versus something that's not business that I actually enjoy. Um, And that something is still very vague for me right now. Uh, So I guess for context, I'm currently a business major and I'm not really planning on that. Um, But I think I've come to terms with the fact that I honestly just don't enjoy it that much. Um, Like this year, I've tried joining a lot more clubs and like trying to, I guess kind of trying to be more active and finding something to be passionate about with business, but like I can't because It's like all about making money and like capitalism. And I just don't vibe with that, you know. But on the other hand, I've been picking up a lot of different minors left and right, like Asian American studies, law and society. And then I'm thinking about public policy. And in those minors, I'm definitely finding a lot more that I genuinely enjoy and that I'm genuinely passionate about. Um, But I feel like it is a bit trickier because I don't really have a clear sense of what career I could build out of this field. So it's like kind of unknown. And I also feel like it's a lot riskier financially um, because even if I do go to law school, I don't want to end up doing corporate law, which is, you know, where the money is. And I could definitely see myself doing a lot more nonprofit work because that's like the general mission that I believe in a lot more, but it doesn't make that much money. And I, I feel really bad being like, hi, mom and dad, can you pay for me to get through law school? And then I'm just like, never going to pay you back or like even build financial wealth or like stability for myself you know so I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel that I feel like a lot of the careers I'm considering are because they're like safe or expected but that also makes me a little reluctant to commit to them um, because it's like am I deciding this based on what I really want or is this just a result of other factors like stability or parental pressure But I also think that I am someone who values security and having the sense of safety. And there's nothing wrong with that either as like a factor in choosing your career. I guess like, to be honest, I don't even know what other careers I would consider if I let myself step out of this like requirement of safety. 
And I'm scared that my fear of the unknown is holding me back from even beginning to explore other things. Yeah, but that safety and especially to talk about like financially wise is definitely such a huge factor, especially for like our experience as second gen immigrants where, you know, our parents came essentially to, to provide us for a better life. And if we're not building on that American dream of theirs, it feels like we're kind of letting them down in a way. Um, and yeah, for me, financial security is definitely the main reason why I'm still sticking with business. Um, because we uh, unfortunately do live in a capitalist society where money is a real issue. And I am also aware that my desire to prioritize my passions over financial stability is really a result of privilege, right? And I've honestly never really had to worry about money growing up. So it's hard for me to really grasp the importance of money when thinking about future careers, because it's kind of just always been there for me. Um, and on one hand, I'm like, oh, right now I'm just naive and young. And that's the only reason I'm dismissing the financial side of it. But when I'm more mature, I'll be happy with, I don't know, quote unquote, settling for a job because of financial stability. But on the other hand, I'm worried that like, if I settle for a job for the money, I won't ever actually be satisfied if I don't enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, for me, I've been struggling between a few careers. Uh, so I've been considering medicine versus like psychology therapy for a while, but I don't really know which way to go. Or even if like either is the right path, like maybe I want to do something else, like who knows? And like, it goes back to this idea of like, am I considering these careers because they're safe and because my parents would approve and not necessarily because what it's what I want. And like, it's really hard to answer these questions because I feel like for all of us, our interests and motivations are so deeply tied to like our parents, our environments and like other factors. And I'm trying to find this like purity of motivation to like want a career solely because I love it. And I can't say that about any of my options, um, but also like does a career that I could embrace like purely without any other like ulterior motive even exist? I feel like it's really hard to untangle this, these different factors. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it goes back to a conversation I've had a lot with my parents, like, they like to say that, you know, a few people may have a passion, but in general, people don't necessarily have like one thing that they're destined to do. And like, you'll feel like deeply passionate about like instantly. And like, they like to say that if you just choose a career and stick with it, like once you get good at it, you'll love it anyway, because like people like to do what they're good at. And then there's also kind of like the opposite, which is the American belief in this like passion that you have to find. And like, I think the word find is so like telling, like it's like something that you stumble upon and you just realize you love this so much. And you just, um, <laughs> you stumble upon and you realize you just like love it so much and you just do it for the rest of your life. Like, I'm not sure that exists. Um, but one of my help center counselors once told me that like, you don't find passions, you develop them. And I feel like that's a good medium between the two perspectives. Like there are things that you're interested in or suited for, but it's not going to be perfect unless you work for it. And there are going to be days where you like hate what you're doing, but that doesn't mean you're not passionate about it at all. Mm -hmm. I've definitely been having a lot of conversations with my parents too. And my dad definitely wants me to focus a lot more on my business major. He's been saying things like, you know, the perfect job doesn't exist and that we can imagine this glamorous career for ourselves where we're 100% satisfied with what we're doing. But in reality, we have to work hard and the work is often tedious. And like, I'm completely aware of that. And I don't think that my 
goals are like necessarily unreachable fantasies. Um, but, you know, I'm not afraid of hard work, but I do want work that's meaningful for me. Similarly, like my mom has been telling me about how, you know, she and my dad immigrated to the U.S. for education and decided to major in um, computer science because that was a field with a lot of jobs available. And it wasn't necessarily what they were passionate about, but you know, now they're working hard and generally enjoying their work. And I feel like that goes back to what Clarissa's parents were saying about like, once you get good at it, then you'll like give. But my mom also is definitely finding a lot of meaningful, or I guess a lot of meaning in her life in different hobbies, such as her gardening. And she tells me that it's a privilege to even be able to consider my passions, which, you know, again, I am aware of. But like, if I'm in this position, is it really so wrong to take advantage of this privilege that I have. Yeah, something Sydney likes to say is that privilege itself isn't inherently bad. It's what you do with that privilege. And if you're already in this position of privilege, why not use that to affect meaningful change? Like you'll be able Mm -hmm. to create a greater impact on your community if you're doing something that you're good at and you love, especially if you already had the privilege of choosing what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like- This reminds me a lot of a conversation that I had with another friend sometime last year. And I feel like this is the grand dilemma that every college student faces. <laughs> like, do you pursue something that's meaningful or something that's safe and secure? And does a marriage between these two interests truly exist? And I'm thinking about my sister because she's like a total humanities person, like through and through. Like if she could major in like English literature and philosophy, like I feel like that personally that would have been like the perfect path for her but she chose like operations research and financial engineering and we had this conversation about her choice of major in the car one day and I was like dude you're like a total like humanities person like why didn't you go for a like go for that type of career or major in something like that and she was telling me something really interesting that I've been thinking about a lot recently and she said that she's most interested in affecting the deepest type of change that she can affect in this world. And she thinks that the best way to do that is through data and through something tangible, like working within a system that she believes is wrong. And she thinks that if she were to make a career out of philosophy or literature, she would lose like her joy and love and that pure like motivation for loving those things because she's making a monetary career out of it. And I think that's maybe another way to look at it too. Like, does your career have to be something that, what is is passion anyway, but does your career have to be something you're purely passionate about? Like, does that even exist? And can you not like pursue something that you're passionate about outside of your career and leave your career as something that's like purely for like survival sake or whatever? Mm. So, I think that's something to think about too. Yeah, that definitely reminds me of what my high school conductor used to say. Um, Because, you know, when we're like high school seniors applying for colleges, there are a lot of people in my orchestra who applied as music majors and like plan to do music for the rest of their lives because they're passionate about it, right? But he was like, the experience that you have in a high school orchestra is so different from anything you'll get in a professional orchestra because in high school, like besides college apps and stuff, you're always there because you want to be there. Whereas in professional orchestra, 
making music becomes your job. So there are so many different factors, such as the money, such as like the labor conditions that impede on that pure joy of music that you started with. So I feel like that definitely ties back to what your sister was saying. Yeah, I th- also feel like there are just very few things in your life that like bring you like a very pure sense of joy. Mm-hmm. And when you make a career out of it, like, are you tainting that? And do you have some motivation to protect that joy as it exists in its purest form? So I don't know. I guess that's something to think about too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for me, the way I applied to pretty much every single college and senior year as a engineering major, <laughs> and now I'm a public health major is kind of wild to think about because they're so like drastically different. And I think my career meltdown honestly happened in the summer between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college. And I think it resulted mostly from the fact that like when I applied to college, I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I didn't really know what I wanted. And when I got my results back and I realized I was going to a school, I'm like, shit, I need to figure out like what I want to do. Cause like what I put on my college apps was not like, I don't think I, I felt that at all. So I also took IB physics like the exam and I was like okay I can't do this for another four <laughs> years so I <laughs> that gave me way too much anxiety so I realized hmm, engineering probably not for me and I did a lot of thinking that summer especially because I think U of D was one of the only schools that I applied to undecided so I gave myself that leeway to sort of figure out what I wanted because really deep down I knew that maybe engineering wasn't it and I realized that my favorite part of robotics in high school wasn't the actual engineering, but it was really the outreach and nonprofit work I was doing, like working with community leaders, um, designing and implementing and improving STEM programs for kids and like scaling an impact in general. And I realized after a lot of retrospection that I actually had an aptitude for biology, health and like chem. So I thought public health would be a good like intersection between those two interests. And since then, it's been really easy, I guess, to explore different pathways within the realm of public health, like community health or epidemiology and health policy. And I found that's generally been the best way to go about exploring different career pathways for me. Um, But a very small part of me has also been considering medicine. And I feel like having those clinical skills is important in any health-related work that you do. But I also don't want to like forego public health completely in pursuit of medicine, especially when the impact of public health is way more widespread than like clinical treatment. Like I've been having a lot of conversations with people at my internship who are now like working in the public health sector, but were originally like on a pre-med track. And they said what like made them switch was that in, in clinical like medicine, you're treating like a small group of people very deeply but in public health, you're like affecting the aggregate health of a population. And that's like much more effective or much more widespread than something that medicine could do. And so having all these conversations have, it's all been like really confusing. So I definitely feel you guys in that sense of like (laughs) not knowing where (laughs) you're going. We're all very lost. Yeah. As Dr. Skindle would say, we are in the cloud. Isha, I think it's really good that like you could realize what you liked about robotics because I feel like so often like people are like oh well like I like this one club that must mean that I'm interested in this 
and I'm gonna mm -hmm. just pursue that like mm -hmm. I don't know I was thinking about it and like I really liked my research experience in high school but then I was like did I actually like the research part of it or did I just like because like my mentors were really cool and I liked like talking to them and like learning from them mm -hmm. like I don't know it's kind of like you know like there are a lot of factors that go into why you like something and it's not necessarily always like that direct yeah mm -hmm. for sure yeah also the cultural struggle that I was talking about earlier kind of represents this like core struggle in my career angst. So part of me has that American idealism that I want to find something that I'm like deeply passionate about. And the other half of me kind of doubts that one exists. Um, like for me, at least I'd like, I think that some people definitely have jobs that they're very suited for, but I just don't know that like, you know, that exists for me and that exists for everyone. And like, if I don't have anything that I deeply like love right now, and I know that I want to do that for the rest of my life, like why not follow that Asian mindset and choose something that's financially stable and work to love it? Like, I don't know. Okay, honestly, like those business kids who are deeply passionate about like Wall Street banking or whatever are honestly just lucky. Like they make a lot of money and they have a lot of fun doing it, <laughs> you know? Okay, like not to disparage their passions, but like who is passionate about Wall Street banking? <laughs> like, okay, I was talking to Arthur, business major and I was like Arthur are you like passionate about business and he was like Callie do you know any business kid who sees business as more than a means to an end and I was like no and he's like yeah neither do I but like people like making money for the sake of making money but we do live in a capitalist society so they're probably killing out out there so like honestly good on them <laughs> that's honestly the sad part about having everything motivated by profit like there mm -hmm. comes a point where your passions are morphed to be motivated by profit too. And we live in a society where money, money literally buys us comfort and stability. And I would argue that it also buys us happiness to a certain degree. And the profitization of this joy and happiness makes it really difficult to pursue something out of pure passion, especially when you're always tethered to a capitalistic system, which is mm -hmm. really sad and desolate to think about. <laughs> That's why I say that we should abolish capitalism. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this whole purity of motivation and passion also kind of ties back to our conversation about like prestige culture, because um, I feel like that definitely does have a large part in what we think we enjoy, at least. Um, so I was thinking about this one person I know in particular, who's like, they're deeply, deeply pre-med. They're like the most pre-med person you could think of. Um, and it seems like they really enjoy it, but I'm kind of wondering, like, do they really enjoy pre-med because they enjoy it? Or do they like the prestige that comes with it and like the money and just, I don't know, the ego inflation of knowing that you're pre-med and you're like going through some rough shit and you're going to go help change the world, you know? Um, and I kind of feel that with me too. I feel like in some sense, business is more of the the prestige culture kind of career path where you know I could go into like Wall Street financing or whatever and that's that's definitely part of the business school culture where everyone's just trying to get jobs at the biggest name companies and earn the most money um and I also feel like that has a lot to do with sorry I'm just like ranting there's so many thoughts that are like kind of interrelated but I'm not very good at speaking I think one quick thing about like the whole pre-med situation, mm -hmm. like 
saying that all these kids who are pre-med are going to go out there and change the world is a huge overstatement because half of them are going to end up working for a private practice and like they're not even going to really like serve a population that needs their like expertise and care so like Mm -hmm. I feel like any career choice is rooted in the system that we're talking about like they're all like motivated by profit in some way so to separate Mm -hmm. that is like difficult unless you're like working for like a nonprofit organization or something like that yeah and profit and ego are definitely intertwined too like there's a reason why I don't know the companies that can pay the most are the most ego inflating as well Mm -hmm. and then the next topic we wanted to talk about are the aspects of our ideal care career this is kind of like in that relationship episode where Clarissa was like, I have a list of all the characteristics I want in my future partner, <laughs> um, but for a career. Uh, so I guess to start off at my summer internship, we had a bunch of like talks with different people with different experiences. And this one lady told us that we have to figure out if you're a big picture person or a small picture person, like, do you care more about the larger impact of what you do or the day-to-day activities of your job? And I think that was really helpful for me to think about because I am like a thousand percent a big picture person and I really need to know the larger impact of what I'm doing in order to make something feel meaningful which is definitely why I don't find joy in business because you know we really do be a cog in the corporate machine in that world Um, and I definitely could see myself being a lawyer in certain fields or some career analogous to that Um, Even if the day-to-day work is really tedious and a lot of reading and writing, um, as long as I know that I'm creating some positive change in the world. And I guess kind of going off of that, that's also why I don't know if I could be like a grassroots organizer or something like that, um, because the one experience that I did have with that, I I honestly didn't feel like I was making much of a difference and it just felt very frustrating. So I kind of want to be like, within the system by being a lawyer or in some position of relative power since I do have the privilege to like get the education to get there um, and hopefully try to make more change that way I guess. Yeah my mom was talking about one of our family friend's daughter and she went to Africa on a service project for a year and then apparently she like really liked it and she wanted to stay and my mom was like well that's so like stupid because if you come back and you get an education like you can get a much higher position and create like a bigger change than like you know like she was like how much good can one person do like if you're just working by your hands like on, on like at the site versus like at a higher level where you can like organize things and like that was really interesting too yeah it definitely depends on like what you want to do and like the goals that you want to get out of it and not to like look down on grassroots organizing because a lot of the like big social movements that we're seeing today are grassroots grassroots movements um I'm just not sure if it's like the right fit for me yeah I think it's definitely dependent on what you're looking for and like Mm -hmm. what kind of change you want to create and I guess like going off of that, like, I think there, like, I mean, I think like I definitely want impact in my life, but then even of impact, there are like different types of impact, kind of like what Isha was saying earlier. Like mm. when I was having my career meltdown, um, I scheduled a bunch of meetings with a lot of different people to talk. And then during that period, I talked to my cell bio professor, who's also the assistant director of ILS. And she posed another question to me and she was like, 
um, there are two types of impact and like, are you more of a create a big impact for a lot of people? So like public health and what Isha was saying, or are you um, create a deep impact for a few people? And like, I couldn't answer in the moment, but I think for me, the answer is definitely like deep impact. You know, like Isha's out here talking about like, I need to like create this like big public health change. But like, for me, what's more meaningful is like building these like deeper relationships and then creating impact for those people. And like, I feel like that's why I am considering medicine and therapy. Like it's not purely just driven by financial need and stability. Um, like I realized that I really like making close one-on-one -on -one relationships and that I've always been better in close one-on-one -on -one relationships than in group. Yeah, and then I'd like want to work with people for my job. Um, so yeah, even though if I don't know exactly what I want to do, I know what I don't want to do. And I'm not really interested in the career like comp side because I don't want the bulk of my work to be like individual. Um, I want to be working with someone. So I guess other things that I think are important. Yes, I have like a list. Um, oh yeah, she has a list of characteristics both for a future partner and future career. She's got her life <laughs> planned out. Yeah, I said this earlier, but like definitely impact in general. I wouldn't feel fulfilled if I didn't think I was creating a positive impact on the world. And I remember over the summer before freshman year, I went to Jane Street in New York and they're a financial trading firm. And I asked them what impact they created. And they said something like really vague about like keeping the market stable. And I don't know. And I was like, that's <laughs> the answer for that is essentially like we make money for the sake of making money. And like, I could never do that. Like, it just feels so like squishy and like not impactful on the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's definitely the same culture that the business school has. And like, I don't know, just seeing all of the business kids on LinkedIn and stuff like, oh my God, I want to thank blah, 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 blah for this internship I end, I landed at XYZ big company. And like you said, in the planning doc, it definitely just feels very hollow and meaningless and everyone's just, it feels like the rat race. You know what I mean? Yes, okay, other things on my list. Um... So I also need the day-to-day -to, -day to be challenging and not like the same and like monotonous. Like I can do administrative tasks and stuff just fine, but like I think in the long term I would get really bored. So mm -hmm. like I want something where like there's like new situations that I'm encountering. And then related to that, like I think I want something where I can apply what I know to like different situations and synthesize information because that's something else that I'm good at and I enjoy. And like, I like TAing for that reason, because it's really satisfying to like take a big concept and distill it down and then apply it to something new. I feel like I've been thinking a lot about like what impact I want my career to have on people. And I think it's difficult to just tell yourself that you're going to do something that makes a difference in this world. And then just like hope and pray that it helps <laughs> you put like food on the table. For a lot of people, that's just sadly unrealistic. And I remember having like a big conversation with my mom about this where she was like not everyone has like as Callie was saying the like the privilege of considering your passions when thinking about a career or even like thinking about what you're passionate about and I think it's okay to have your career be something that maybe you don't enjoy that much but it's a way to help you build a life outside of it and there are plenty of people who make that decision and live perfectly happy lives but I think it ultimately comes down to the kind of impact you want your career to have on your community. Some people are fine with the little things as um, like a picket fence routine kind of thing. Going to work, coming home, caring for a family, that's where they get their sense of fulfillment from. 
And I think for me, I, I want to leave something in this world bigger than myself. And maybe this is different from my career, but I guess just like raising a family and being in a relationship and having these like things outside of a career is not as huge of a priority of mine as it is like feeling fulfilled or enriched in other ways, like my future line of work, which may also be why thinking about a career has been so stressful because I put a lot of importance on like what I'm doing with my life. Yeah, and I feel like Clarissa and I are the same way. Yeah, but I guess like what Isha brings up is important to note, like your life, like the meaning could just be in like having a family and just like Mm -hmm, building like a really good family life. And like, that's totally valid and that's okay. And like, cause like your career doesn't have to be the center of your life. And like, that reminds me of the Parks and Rec episode where like, you know, Jerry's retiring and um, Leslie's like, oh my God, Jerry accomplished nothing in all his years (laughs) at government. And like, he's like, he must be so sad. Like I have to cheer him up. But then like, she goes to Jerry's house and like his family's like super warm and happy. And like, Jerry's like, Leslie like I'm not mad about my career like you know it was like a nine to five and I could always be home by 5 30 and like I have like a wonderful family now and like that's what made me happy and that's what I wanted in a career and like yeah it was like a really interesting contrast to like Leslie like the main character of the show because she's like very passionate about her job and like definitely prioritizes that. Mm-hmm. Okay so the next section is entitled questioning our decisions and when we were planning this doc, it's actually very poorly planned out because we spent like an hour and a half just like talking and ranting. Um, but I, I wrote that Isha and I just ranted for 30 minutes about que- questioning whether or not we want to drop gems. And there were a lot of things that we were ranting about. But I guess the core problem for me is that I'm not sure why I'm putting so much time and effort into business research when I don't like business that much in the first place. Um, and I guess when I decided against dropping gems at the end of freshman year and decided to stay, it was because I rationalized that gemstone gave me the opportunity to gain a lot of like hands-on experience that I wouldn't gain otherwise in my classes. Um, and it's true that I've already learned a lot and I know it's like only the beginning of the project and there's so much potential for where it could go over the next few years. But I don't know. I've definitely found a lot of fields that I definitely enjoy a lot more and I'm looking into internships and like the fellowship and stuff that could definitely offer similar hands-on experience in a field that I do enjoy. But I think I'm just wondering like, is this path worth it for me if I'm putting so much time and energy into business? And if I'm spending more time chasing other opportunities that offer similar experiences, I'd probably be more invested because I enjoy them more. Um, I feel like I'm also just having a hard time letting things go even though I know that this path like deep down I probably know that gems isn't the right path for me but I'm definitely having a hard time letting things go because a I'm a very indecisive person but I also guess that we've been raised in a very competitive world where like quitting or dropping out is equated to failing and I don't know I'm also scared of making the wrong decision with the assumption that you know the maybe the faulty assumption that there is a singular right option when maybe there are definitely equally valid options so I don't know big conundrum <laughs> I mean I'm personally not thinking about dropping gems because I'm not in gems but <laughs> like that does relate to like you know my also fear of giving up opportunities mm-hmm. and like yeah there's definitely the sense of like fear and anxiety and like 
like an unknown almost because like when you give up an opportunity it like at least for me it feels like I've lost something but like maybe the way to think of it isn't that you've lost something it's that you've gained something instead like the chance to pursue something else or like more time for yourself even and like I don't know also though I hate uncertainty so I think that's also hard for why it's hard for me personally to give up on anything because it's like well there's this certain right here that I could just keep or I could like give it up and then have to deal with like the uncertainty of like am I going to find something better mm-hmm. and, and I feel oh. like sorry I feel like that also relates like back to I guess when I'm applying for internships for the summer I've been applying to like both fun ones and also thinking about just getting a standard like business one in some corporation and I guess a sense of me feels very I don't know guilty or like self-conscious when I see all the business kids posting on LinkedIn about like getting some internship at Capital One or whatever and sometimes I'm like maybe I should just find careers in or find internships in that field and like participate in more clubs in the business school because I'm like wow look at all of these business majors getting ahead and a part of me does feel like I'm going to end up in a corporate job after college, at least for a few years. And I'm like, if I'm not actively pursuing business, I'll be at a disadvantage, which is kind of dumb because I know that it's like, it's not going to make me happy. But I don't know. I think it just goes back to like the prestige culture and comparing myself to others and looking at their like definition of success and trying to fit myself into that mold as well. I think Clarissa brought up a really good point before about like making a decision with certainty or like making a decision where there's no certainty and you sort of have to figure it out as you go. And I think that that the difficulty in that decision goes like both ways, right? Like you either make a decision where you're certain about your career and like what your future is gonna look like And you always have that like in the back of your head sort of like pestering you. Like, what if I made a different decision? What if I chose something that I was actually like interested in or something that maybe I wouldn't have been able to like have this level of certainty in, but I'm still like happy about it. Or you choose something where you don't have that level of certainty and you're like struggling and then you're like, oh shoot, what if I chose like the pathway that was more certain and like I didn't have to struggle and I had that stability. So I think it's like a catch-22, honestly. Like you're going to have some hardships in either situation. Like the choice lies in like what type of like difficulties you want to have. And I was telling Callie and Clarissa that like, what if I just like majored in classics, like F the system, major in classics or something like really out there. And I think that a lot of that comes from a need to fulfill a certain expectation, as Callie was saying. And those expectations stem from like what we see in our immediate environment. I know plenty of people at schools like Yale and Princeton, they're majoring in art history or philosophy, but people's perceptions of their degree, like their school and their background, it makes up for the fact that they're majoring in something that might not be like socially acceptable, right? Like it gives them the luxury of being able to pursue something like that. Like imagine being a philosophy major, not on the pre-law or pre-med track at UMD. (laughs) Like people would judge you hardcore. And that's not to say you shouldn't pursue something like that if it interests you, but there's always a qualifier. Like maybe you should tack on a comp sci major because it's safe 
or some other like safe, like professional school track, just so that like, okay, like I'm not majoring in just like philosophy <laughs> or just English, English literature. And I think at least from what I've seen, a lot of us at UMD tend to think about our careers like very methodologically. And I mean, think about the thousands of kids majoring in biology just because they want to be a pre-med. Like if you take the pre-med away, like they're just majoring in biology and you ask them like, what, what do you wanna do with that? Like, I don't think half of them could answer that question. And a lot of our academic choices center around like practicality. And that goes from like the whole thing about prestige culture. Like we don't give us, give ourselves the luxury. And oftentimes it's like, it's self-attributed luxury. Like we don't give ourselves that like level of like consideration when we're thinking about a career. Like we force ourselves into these like very like practical pathways because that's what we're like conditioned to do and conditioned the way we're conditioned to think. That reminds me of what we were talking about in the prestige culture episode where we were like, I feel like people at UMD are almost like, at least for us, like compensating for the fact that we're not going to a top school. So then it's like, yeah, you got to choose this like practical career. So that way you can like compensate for your you know, degree at like a not super prestigious school. And I don't know, it just like makes me think about how much like money and prestige is like tied to education and like career choices and how inequitable our society is. <laughs> Yay, capitalism. And, you know, earlier when Isha was talking about her application as a Mechie major, like for me, I also kind of impulse just put down bio as a major. Like um, when I was applying, like I didn't feel deeply passionate about it. But like, I don't know, bio is fine. And I knew my parents wouldn't mind. And it lends itself to several stable careers. And like, even now, like, I don't know if I like, like biology, like I don't dislike biology. But like, I was talking to a counselor from the counseling center during my career panic. And he was like, how much do you like biology? And I was like, I don't know, like, I'm fine with it. And he was like, that's not like a ringing endorsement. But also, I don't know, like how many other fields that I would feel like deeply passionate about and like I wouldn't have to like fear like instability for you know like there are a lot of like humanities things that I am like interested in but like I don't know that I could ever pursue that because you know I do like my stability so I don't know like also I feel like for bio like the classes give me a lot of stress and sometimes it's hard to differentiate my stress and my feelings towards like the class and how it's designed and then my feelings about the subject itself or like maybe I do like not super enjoy it and I'm just scared to job, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Karen. She, she was thinking about switching to business or like double majoring in business. Um, and she was telling me that she's taking BMGT 110, which is like the introduction course. And she can't tell if she likes it because like it's easy or because she likes the content. And I feel like that's definitely a struggle that a lot of college kids have because our only experience in certain fields is through our classes, right? And we don't actually get to experience experience what a career in that class would be like, which is why we have to like find internships and stuff. But it's just so difficult to, as you said, like differentiate between the content of what you're learning and like how you're learning it. Um, I had more thoughts, but I forgot. So we can just move on. 
That goes back to what um, the director of ILS told me once, like back in freshman year when I was angsting and like seeing him every week. And he was like, <laughs> like no student like decides that they want to be pre-med or decides that they want to pursue a career like in class. Like he was like, never have I ever been taught like teaching about the nephron and the kidney and have someone stand up and be like, I'm going to be a nephrologist. Like it's not, that's not how it works because like, <laughs> the theory of what you learn also isn't super tied to like what your day-to-day looks like you know and so it's like you can't really gauge like if you want to pursue a career based purely on like academics and what you're learning in school Uh, I guess going back to what Kelly was saying earlier about like you know comparing herself to other business kids and like feeling like you know she's falling behind like I feel like I constantly have a sense of not having enough time. Like I constantly feel like I'm running on this timeline and I'm like falling behind on that timeline. And like, I have this sense that like, I only have so many summers and breaks to explore, experience things. And then like, it almost feels like taking time for something that isn't career focused is wasting that time. And like, that's dumb because there's no such thing as a lifetime line. Uh, But I think this has a lot to do with my parents and their emphasis on like stability as fast as possible. And, you know, also like the immigrant mentality, you know, like we came here from another country, like we experienced so much instability. And like I said, in like the AAPI, um, our identities as like second gen immigrants, um, Mm -hmm. that episode that like, you know, my parents, like, you know, like my dad likes to say, like, you're like 10 years ahead of us. And like, it's like this constant reminder that like, I'm running on this clock, which isn't necessarily how I should think about things. I definitely relate to that a lot especially with the recent conversations that I've been having with my dad. Like, I don't know, the other week I brought up possibly pursuing another, a third minor in public policy. Um, And he was like, you need to focus more on your business major. What are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know Dad. I'm just like exploring my options. Um, So I feel like for me, it's like, I'm giving myself the time and the luxury in college to explore different things while I'm in college. Like, right? Like, I I feel like this is the time for me to do that. Um, Whereas he's like, by going from point A to point B to point C to point D, like, I'm not getting as far on a certain linear path that I should be going down on, if that makes sense. But also, if you're going down a linear path, and you're going in the wrong direction, like, that's like negative distance. (laughs) Yeah, Clarissa, I feel the whole thing about like running on a clock, Like yesterday I was like, I'm going to start this book that I had on my nightstand for a while. But like in the back of my head, I was like, you could be doing something else. Like you could be working on your chem lab. Like you could be working on (laughs) studying for this exam. Like, why are you reading this book right now? And I'm like, shut up. Like give me like an hour to just read this. And it was so annoying, but I feel like that's like, it's, it's also more like prominent in like quarantine because like, we're not doing anything else so might as well like spend all your time on your work and I feel like that just translates to like working on your career too like if you're not always doing something for your career or like working towards this thing like is it really meaningful and I think it is like I think it's time we stop like beating ourselves down for like not doing something that's like working towards a certain goal always like it's it's like futile and it makes you feel like very burnt out if you you're constantly like working Mm -hmm. on something like that so that's literally like all the time when we're 
meeting up or like going on Zoom, within 10 minutes, somebody will have asked something about some lab or some homework or whatever. And I'll just be sitting there like, <laughs> you just talk about nothing but no, like the classes. <laughs> yeah. Even when you're hanging out with your friends, like if all your friends are in the same classes and you're going through the same things, you're just gonna like stress each other out even more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As a disclaimer, this is very poorly organized. We did not put that much effort because it's it's a hard topic to talk about. It's also a hard disclaimer. topic to organize. <laughs> yeah. Because like there's so, so many related. interconnected thoughts and it's really hard to make it linear. Uh, yeah going back to the overall topic of questioning what I want um I think for me in general I'm questioning like what I'm doing like I don't know like have I really made the best decisions for me um like I took a medical assistant job a few weeks ago and I felt super conflicted when I did it because on one hand if I want to go to med school this is like a good opportunity to get clinical experience and work closely with a doctor especially during the pandemic when it's really hard to find anything else so like I talked like when I was talking to all those people like they were all like oh yeah you should definitely take it because they're like even if you don't want to go to med school like taking a clinical experience and like realizing you hate it now is way better than realizing you hate it like in med school and you paid like thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars um so like either way like um oh sorry but either way like to realize if I like medicine or not or even if I was going to pursue medicine like I'd have to have clinical experience um, so it was kind of like a no-brainer and I took it passively, but I'm also scared that I'm just making passive decisions and like one day I will like, you know, I will find myself in med school and like realize like I hate this and like I'm actually interested in something else. Like, I don't know, because I took this job, I probably won't be able to study abroad this summer because like he's not going to train someone just for two months. And so it almost felt like choosing between this practical career growth um, that I don't even know for sure that I want. And then this idea of self-growth and like self-improvement by improving my Chinese and like deepening my identity with my cultural heritage. And like, I don't know, like, I don't necessarily want to be the person who always chooses their career over self-growth, but at the same time, like there is this sense of like practical timeline. And then I guess my other problem is that besides like these two careers that I've been thinking about, like, I don't know what else I'd consider. And that's pretty terrifying. So maybe I'm just sticking with these because like they're known. And like, if I let myself consider something else, like that's too much uncertainty and I'd be scared. This whole thing is very scary. <laughs> right now, as Callie was saying, like we're in this, like this bubble where we are like effectively protected from like adulthood, but we get to experience like the freedoms associated with it and it's just scary to like feel like you're going to step out of this bubble or be like pushed out of this bubble at some point and like you're gonna have to figure it out for yourself and that's where I see my sister like she is like has a foot out of like the college bubble and is like like talking to my dad about like investing and like taxes and like all this oh, scary stuff and like <laughs> just like seeing someone like so close to me like almost out of it like it's just like makes everything seem more real and scary and it's like that big like like you think it's so far ahead but we're already in our fall semester of sophomore year oh my god don't <laughs> approaching <laughs> which is also sad when you think about it because we spent more time at home than we have at school I know <laughs> but we don't think about that right time. now and now we're going to talk about our emotions related to career. 
So uh, for me, like my career angst was like a moment where it compiled all at once. Like this was in like mid-October and I was like laying awake in bed at night thinking about my career paths and I had like a full-on anxiety attack and I was just laying there and like feeling my heart racing and my breathing be super fast and my thoughts are moving super fast and I was like oh wow this is what like true anxiety feels like like you know this is what we learn about in psych class. oh my goodness <laughs> and like normally I'm pretty good at controlling my emotions but like I really like could not turn it off and I feel like career is a trigger for me because it's tied to so many emotions and like problems in my life at once like it's tied to my fears about the future and like you know wanting to make a good decision and it's also like tied to like the problems in my relationship with my parents and like the pressure that I feel from them and also just like my feelings of stress and like they need to stay ahead and like take advantage of opportunities and like I feel like also with my career angst like everything is so complex and like inherently tied to each other that it's really difficult to unthread everything which is usually how I deal with emotions like I identify each of the causes of how I'm feeling and I like untangle that and then I feel better because I understand mm -hmm. what I'm going through but like for career like it's really hard to untangle everything because it's hard to differentiate what's what and like honestly I don't know that it's even possible like to what extent are the things I want a result of like my upbringing and like who I am just like as a result of my upbringing and to what extent are the things I want um, a result of like pressure from my parents and like not what I really want and it's a really hard distinction to draw because like our parents like did shape us as kids so like I don't even know where to start with that and I feel like the other part of the stress and anxiety is that a career decision is huge, like Isha was saying, and has such an impact on the rest of my life. So like, I can't even ignore it or like avoid this problem. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should all keep in mind that like, it's a process and not a one-time decision kind of thing. And you hear so many stories about people who like switch career paths, um, even if they're like later in life. And it's a hard decision to make, but it doesn't have to be like, the defining decision that we stick with for the rest of our lives you know and I feel like I guess for me even though I'm super stressed about all of these things I feel like in the end I'll kind of end up at some place where I feel comfortable like as long as I keep thinking about if I'm happy or not or like what my priorities are and what they should be I'll find I'll end up somewhere good that's suited for me um, but I am scared of like entering a corporate job right after undergrad because it's an easy job to find and I want to like build up some some money um, and then kind of just falling into complacency and staying there for the rest of my life because it's the easy thing to do instead of continually thinking about what I want out of life. So thank you so much for listening to our pretty unorganized but <laughs> cathartic I would say rant about our careers we appreciate you guys actually sticking through these like ranty type of episodes but we promise next week we'll come up with something like light and fun and you know exciting so not to say that careers aren't exciting but um it can be stressful to think about sometimes as we all know more BuzzFeed quizzes. Follow us on our Instagram at pod.bestbuds. If you haven't caught on already, what are you doing? Like, clearly you're just not listening to these outros because we <laughs> bring it up every time. But make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.